She says, serving God, if I could get into you, well, anybody under 30, if I could get into your head and tell you how rewarding it is to serve God, you would drop all distractions that the world has placed in your life. And you would say, I'm 100% in, I'm all in. That doesn't mean you're not a plumber, not an electrician, not a contractor. It just means that God's number one. In every decision making, everything you look at, do, or whatever, he's just number one. Now, you're still a veterinarian, you're still a, you know, you're still a preacher. You know, preachers can backslide and be right in the pulpit. I have known some preachers, sat under some preachers that were bitter. That were bitter. They got bitter. Imagine that. A preacher. That's bitter. You you may you may have sat under some. You may have recognized it's pretty easy to recognize a bitter preacher. He's mean. He's real mean. And sometimes they're just real mean, and there's nothing wrong with the Bible says uh, that we're to uh, reprove evil, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. I, I get it. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to stand up and, and be counted that we're against adultery. We're against fornication. And we're against covetousness. And we're, we're against uh, the breaking of the Word of God and the, and the law of God. It's called the law of liberty, by the way, in the New Testament. But we don't have to be mean about it. You know what I mean by mean-spirited, bitter-spirited. And that's often what happens. Often, mean, often bitter people cannot laugh. They've lost their sense of humor long ago. And they can't laugh. Because really, if you can laugh, you're, you have a pretty free spirit. And uh, laughter is good for your bones. It's a medical. Quit taking vitamin C and start laughing some more. You know, it's good for your bones, man. It's good for your body, good for your whole being to laugh some. Now, not foolish jesting. Oh, God forbid, that's wrong. But, but some laugh. What I love about Dr. Strange, Pastor Strange, Don Strange, what I love about his teaching and what I love about his person is he has a, he absolutely has no bitterness. He has a light spirit about him, almost a heavenly spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit. And yet he's serious as a heart attack about sin and about life and about living for God. But he can still have some joy on the way along. By the way, didn't Jesus say that your joy might be full? If you do what I tell you to do, I, I do that not to make you a slave to me, but to make you joyful and to make you really benefit. Because if you'll follow Jesus, you'll benefit. I'm going to talk to you about a hard scripture, some hard scripture this morning. This is meat. Now, this may be a little too strong meat for me. But this is meat the Holy Spirit brought by my table. And... Uh, the title of this is, It's Hard for Me to Be a Lamb. It's hard for me to be a lamb. 
The beauty of reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is that you get the picture of God's Word. You cannot read part of the Bible and expect to get all of God's message. It's not going to happen. You've got to get it all. And there's something supernatural about reading Genesis to Revelation. There's just something supernatural. It's the spirit of the whole book. Anybody into uh, theological interpretation knows you have to have first mention of a subject, comparative mention of a subject, and what they call last mention of a subject to get what does this subject teach in the Bible. You don't go just to the New Testament and say this is what the subject teaches. You've got to go to the very beginning. Most of your doctrines in the Bible are started in the book of Genesis, and they're ended in the book of Revelation. And so I, I encourage you to get onto the Bible board by faith, by faith, and just believe what I say. If for nothing else, just believe that I've been, been there and done that enough to, you know, the Bible says, I watch for your soul. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm watching for your soul. Because if I can somehow convince you to read your Bible through, you're going to be a better person by the end of the year. You will be a more heavenly person, a more godly person. Really, it's that powerful. Nothing I've done as a pastor has, has received more feedback, positive feedback than that Bible board. Nothing I've done, nothing else I've done. And so try it. By the way, a lot of people are watching online. A lot of people are watching. We have now live, we're live on Facebook. I know you don't have to have any. I, don't, I believe you can just get on if you go to Gospel Baptist and you can just get on. I believe it's, is it uh, Brother Rochelle, is it Carl, is your brother's name? Where's Brother Rochelle at? Is it Carl, your brother's name? Carl Rochelle, God bless you if you want. That's it? Carl, God bless you. I just want to tell you, appreciate you keeping on, watching, even though I've never met you. If I met your brother, uh, you got to be better than him. Okay. I'm going to make a few statements that are not Revelation statements or illumination statements to most of you that know me, but I'm an alpha, what they call an alpha male. I have toxic masculinity problems. I like to get down, get dirty, and sweat. I like hard work, deep challenges, long hours, stressful situations. I want to collapse on the field of life having given every bit of my energy to it. I like hard things to do. I want my enemies to have to pry my cold, dead fingers off of my gun. I want to be a defender, a warrior of truth. I want to be right with God, honest with everyone. I want to do things for truth, justice, and the American way. That's Superman, by the way. He don't exist. I know that. Some of these kids that wear these goggles, they think he does exist, but nevertheless. They think there's such a thing as the Avengers. There's no Avengers! There's no Star Trek. There's no Middle Earth. All of that's fiction. It's all fiction. The Bible's true, but that stuff's not true. That's what they call vain imaginations of men. I want to stand for God, guns and guts. I'm an alpha male. I'm not ashamed of being a man, a male, a doer, a shaker, aggressive, or a winner. I find no glory in losing. 
You do, do not get a participation award in anything I have anything to do with at the gospel or any part of it. If you get the award, you earn the award. You worked for the award. You sweat for the award. You fought for the award. You tripped your... No. This, however, does create a problem for me when it comes to the Bible. Because I want to show you some verses that the Holy Spirit has always put on my head. And he's, he's talking to me about, and so I share them with you. And one of them is Romans chapter 8, verse 36. I believe that to be our text verse. By the way, I have a new mic today, a new whole new system today. I hope it's better. I hope you can hear me better than you could before. No, your hearing did not get better. If this is better, God bless you. I hope it works better. We have podcasts out there, 52, 53 podcasts. We have uh, iTunes. You can go to iTunes anywhere around the world, 34 foreign countries, some 166,000 people downloaded it. Um, we have our website, which is really doing well with the downloads. We have both visual as well as mostly audible. And God's word's going all over the place. People are choosing to do it. It's a beautiful thing. Romans 8.36, that is as written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We, notice the we means you and me, born-again believers, are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I don't like that. Isaiah 53 I do like Isaiah 53. Talking about Jesus, right? Oh, to be like him. Oh, to be like him. Blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. You know, we sing songs about being like Jesus. Well, here he is. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, really, are called, it's called the principles of the kingdom. There's been some controversy among theologians, which there always is. But there's a little bit of controversy on, on Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because was Jesus giving the ideal principles of the coming kingdom, really the, the kingdom that he would bring in, when, when Jesus comes back and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, he's bringing in a kingdom. Right now, the kingdom's invisible. It's in you. But then it's going to be visible. And it's going to take the world over. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. The lamb going to lay with a wolf. And, 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 and so the, the child will play on the, on the den of a, a poisonous snake, asp. Uh, there's going to be some changes in actually weather and things and environment and stuff. Things are going to be different. For 1,000 years, Jesus is going to reign and write everything. Write everything! There'll be no Democrats. You say, Brother Bill, that offended me. Vote Republican. There'll be no Republicans. There'll be no Independents. There'll be no Libertarians, I believe it is. They're just going to be Jesus. King Jesus, glory to God, I'm looking forward to that. Woo-hoo. 
King Jesus. Uh, you're looking forward to it if you've trusted him as your Savior because you've, made, you've gotten right with him. You've been reconciled to him. He's been reconciled to you through the blood that he shed on Calvary, right? But boy, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you're not looking forward to seeing Jesus, and you should not be looking forward to seeing Jesus if you haven't had your sins forgiven. Make sure somebody goes with her if she's okay out back. You okay? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. We're ready to help in any moment, boy. We'll do resuscitation if even if you don't need it. <laughs> well, I'm going to read it. These are the principles of the kingdom. You take them however you like. You have heard Jesus said has been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So he goes back to the law of Moses. He said, now look, who gave the law of Moses? God gave the law of Moses. The law of Moses was not wrong. The Bible says in Romans even, Paul says that just, uh, the, the law is holy, just, and pure, I believe it said. Well, it says something good about it. And so... God is the one who wrote the Old Testament, who wrote the New Testament, same God. Different administration in the, in the Old Testament, different administration. We have a different, we're under grace now, amen, different administration in the law, Moses and the law. But he wrote it. It was for them. It was for a specific time. The law's over now. Once grace came, the law's duty and function was finished. It's over. But that doesn't mean there's not good stuff in there. Doesn't mean in the Old Testament there's not principles of truth that we need and that, and that indeed do carry over. I don't have to wear a, a beard and not cut the edges of it. That was for them. I can eat pork, lobster, and shrimp. They couldn't. You understand? There were certain dietary things and everything. Why? God was forming a peculiar people, different from every other nation, and they were supposed to evangelize the world. They didn't do it, they failed. Christ came, fullness of the time has come, Christ came. Came into his own, the Jews, his own received him not. He turned to the Gentiles, we received him. And he built an invisible kingdom by, in a time called the age of grace. This is it. Right now it's the age of grace. Take it while you got it. Because Jesus, when he comes back, he's ruling again with a rod of iron. And so, but these are the principles of that kingdom. So in Moses, it says, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You knock my eye out, what's the punishment? You get your eye knocked out. You knock my tooth out, what's the punishment? You get your tooth knocked out. That was the law. But I say unto you, and then you can go down through this five, six, and seven, and he'll say, but I say. The law says, but I say. The law says, but I say. The law says, this is what does. That you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I do not like that. Here's what I tell him. Hit me on the right cheek, I'm going to turn to the left, but then I'm going to whoop you good. That's because I'm backslid. He goes on to say, if any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Wow. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go two, twain. Give him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. I have disobeyed that verse. 
People ask to borrow my boat. I said, I just will not let you use my boat. Isn't that terrible? Say amen. But may I borrow your boat? <laughs> That's where I'm going on this. And you want to be a better Christian than me, right? I mean, I'm not going to ask to borrow your boat. Whew. You've heard it said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's the Old Testament. But I say unto you, that's different. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you, and persecute you. Why? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, and he maketh his, his son, his son. The sun that rises in the morning and sets in the evening is his son. He makes his son to rise on the evil. And on the good, and send us rain on the just and the unjust. Most people know that verse, by the way. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. That's an insult, by the way. And if you salute your brethren only, people you like and get along with, what do ye more than the others? Do not even the publicans do so? They're friendly with their friends. You know, the old scratch my back, I scratch your philosophy. That's a rudiment of the world, by the way. Then I like the way he ends it up in chapter 5, verse 48. He summarizes, he says, Be thou perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect, complete, and whole. Now, I, I just, to be honest with you, I can't do this. I got to have God to help me. I just, I, I got to have God to help me do this. This, this is bigger than me. And, and uh, I struggle with these verses because I don't have a passive bone in my body. I want to fight, not surrender. I want to resist, not comply. So what's God trying to do with me and you? First, I got a few things I'm gonna, I learned from this, hopefully by the grace of God. Number one, what's God doing with all that? Number one, God is to keep us and you from being bitter. One of God's major goals in this life is to keep you, from, as a born-again believer, is to keep you from getting bitter. If you invest in people who offend you, in other words, you help people who hate you, you bless those who curse you, you do good to those who despitefully use you, you are investing in them. I want to get this terminology right. You're investing in them. Uh, you pray for them. How about that? No, you don't pray that they die a slow, miserable death. But you pray that God would help them. One of the harder prayers I've had to pray lately is that Biden, God, may Biden be saved and his wife be saved and his kid Hunter be saved. You say, Brother Bill, you don't want him to be saved? There's part of me who doesn't. You say, you're that bad? I'm just as bad as you are. <laughs> Evil nature is pretty much, pretty much the same wherever they go. The, old, the bad side of me is, is wicked. So what God is doing, you keep yourself from allowing your enemies and those who hate you to control you. You... Because if, if you get bitter at your enemies or those who hate you and, and do evil to you, despitefully use you, and you become 
offended by them, you will roll that offense over in your mind, over and over and over. Many, all of you surely have done this. Somebody has wronged you, you're rolling that over. You know what the problem with, with child abuse is? A lot of times the girls that got abused, the problem is not the one-time or two-time or three-time or ten-time abuse. It is that they roll that thing over in their mind the rest of their life when the abuse is long gone. And the abuser has power over them. You want to you wanna, you wanna kill him? You want to set yourself free? Invest in him. Pray for him. Do good to him. Don't give your thinking time to him. Don't allow them to control your time of your life. So you invest in them with good or the opposite, if I may say, what your, what your old human nature wants to do. You free yourself from their grip. You overcome their power. You refuse to let hate rule and dominate you. You stop playing back their offense. The bottom line to it is you win. And I like winning. You win. So one of the reasons God set this up is to keep us from getting bitter. Because he knew there would be lots of bad things happen to you in this life. I hope you got it. I hope you young people. I hope you young people got this real good. Uh, this is not an easy road. This thing called life. Lots of betrayals. Lots of misunderstandings. Lots of uh, people trying to cheat you, take from you, hurt you. It's a it's a rough old place called the world. Brother Bill, that's never happened to me yet. It will. Well, how are you going to deal with it? As a born-again believer, how are you going to deal with it? Just like Jesus said to deal with it. And God will help you through it. The second thing is, by blessing them that curse you, you discobobulate them. Can you spell that? You spellers, you discobobulate. I don't, I don't know where the word came from. What does that mean? It simply means you disarm them. Anyone who knows how, anyone knows how to fight. Everyone knows how to resist. Everyone knows how to hate. Everyone knows how to be bitter and angry. Listen, I don't have to go to school to learn how to be hateful. I don't have to go to school to learn how to resist. I don't have to go to school to learn how to fight. Now, I'm going to give this new married couple over here some free marriage advice. When he is mean to you. Notice I said when. When he's mean to you, don't get mad, fight, throw stuff, you know, go crazy and yell. Say, I, I forgive you, hon. I love you. Can I make some cookies for you? He'll feel about that high. Because I can resist you if you come to me and say, I'm going to whip you. I say, I'm ready. Let's do it. But if you say, I forgive you, Bill, for that, and can I help you? I feel, oh, man, I shouldn't have got mad. My wife has been a genius at this. <laughs> My wife is a peacemaker. I, you, when you have a headstone, you can't put a lot on it. 
you realize your life's going to be summarized in the eight words or less. And if it's a cheap headstone, it's going to be three words. But I'm going to put on my wife's headstone, and you know how cheap this is going to be. It's going to be one word. Peacemaker. When I wanted to get crazy and just, man, I wanted to argue, and I was hoping she came up with a good reason on why, and I just wanted to have a good old-fashioned couple-hour fight. She'll go, you're right. (laughs) When she starts crying, I'm like, oh, now don't do that. (laughs) Not to cry. She don't cry much. I was wrong. Well, that's hard to say. I was wrong. Please forgive me for being a who I am. You discombobulate them. When you fight fire with fire, you give fire. He that lives by the sword, Jesus said, does what? You die by it. But if we listen to what he says, we win. We win. In a lot of ways, we win. You just can't argue with somebody who's compliant, cooperative, gentle, and kind. More marriages are ruined because you had to fight it because you wanted to make sure that justice was served. You know, you, could, you were a social justice warrior, they call them. Social justice warrior. You just wanted to make sure that he understood or she understood that they were wrong. And you're never going to, at that moment in time, you're never going to convince them they were wrong. They'd die first. And so you bless them that curse you. You do good to them that despitefully use you. You're as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is done, so you open not your mouth. Sometimes just shut your mouth. I'm preaching to me now. You say, you're preaching to me, Bill. Well, maybe, but I'm preaching to me. The third thing we learn is that when you do that, you'll be like your Father, which is in heaven, which is a really good thing. Let me read you Matthew 5.45, that you may be children of your Father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. God allows the evil in this world to continue. He doesn't make the evil. Evil makes evil. But he allows it. Everybody knows in this room if God wanted to stop evil, he could stop it right now. Everybody knows that, but he decides not to do it. What do you do? Well, we know that he blesses evil people, he prospers evil people, he feeds evil people, he heals their sicknesses, he shines his sun on them, lets them lay out in the warm sun, he gives them the beauty of his creation, the sunrises and the sunsets and the Milky Way and the cloud formations and, and to those who deny him, to those who mock him, to those who laugh at him, Just like a lamb. Jesus said it this way. John chapter 3 verse 17. He said, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
Now, if you're discouraged at this moment, don't be. Because this is just a temporary attitude that we are to have while we're in this old world. Because there is a day of vengeance coming. There is a time of reconciling coming. God will stand up against the evil someday clearly, righteously, and and totally and completely. No stone of evil will be unturned, no offense against God unpaid, nothing in secret not brought to the light. Every idle word will give an account of in that day, every murder paid for, justice will prevail. Take your Bibles, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7 through 9. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 7 through 9. And you who are troubled, rest with us. Remember last night, last Sunday night, I spoke about what, what is rest. Ooh, it's a lot of things. Rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, how? in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? While in this world of woe, And in justice, God has given us a way to stay free of it and to be like him. To invest in our offenders. Trust God for the outcome. Let the big picture judgments be left to God's righteous eyes. Walk through this life hating no one. Loving the sinner but not the sin. Hating the sin but not the sinner. And never ever compromising the truth to make somebody happy. No, never. But simply apply the rules of engagement God has given us to overcome evil in this world and, I hate to say it, in us. Don't let your aggression turn you into a bitter, angry, old man or woman. Forgive everybody. Be generous to everybody. Be kind to the unkind. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them to spitefully use you. Be like your Savior who came to save the world, not to condemn it to hell. Because that time is coming as, as sure as they live and breathe and have their being. And all we are to be is patient until that time comes. I'll give example. If you want to take your book, Revelation chapter 14, hard passage, verses 10 through 12 there. Speaking of those who choose not to follow God, the same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God who is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. 
And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. In case you think there is a cessation of consciousness, there is not. Because they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And this is the verse I really read all this to get to, is verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. That's me. Tribulation worketh patience, is it right? Patience is holding back until the right time. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. What is the patience of the saints? In context, and, and there's a text without a context is a pretext. So you have to have a context that gives words meaning. And when he puts this verse about here is the patience of the saints, he puts it right after. He talks about casting those who serve the beast into a place called hell where they're tormented day and night without rest. And by the way, anybody who rejects Jesus. How can the judgment of those who reject God be any kind of patience or satisfaction to the saint of God? One satisfaction is that justice indeed is served. We cannot live and do not want to live in a universe where there's injustice. You don't want to live in a place where injustice rules. And eventually God's saying, you, you be as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. And as it says in Romans 8.36 about being a lamb, he was talking to those under the rule of Rome, a ruthless government that they were under. He says, you just take it as a lamb, and, and, and I'm going to be with you on the, on the way through that thing. Because he says, someday you're going to be there when I take justice upon these people. Be patient until that time. You say, Brother Bill, how could anyone rejoice or have any positive feeling towards somebody that was cast into hell? I can tell you how. You have a daughter, let's say, a beautiful little toe-headed daughter. She gets about 12 years old, and some individual who cares less about anything grabs her kidnaps her, rapes her viciously, and murders her slowly. He gets caught. He goes to trial. There's witnesses. There's DNA proof. He's the guy. Every time, there may be one exception. I don't know of any, but the parents the relatives of that little girl want justice. They demand it. 
Because of the wickedness of that individual, they, he stole their daughter away from them. She's never coming back, and they want that man to fry. If the death penalty was, was, a, was alive and well, they want him to go up to Stark, Florida and be electrocuted. And not only that, they want to be there when it happens. I can't tell you how many executions in Florida. The parents and the relatives of the victim are allowed to come in a room separated by glass and watch the electrocution. You say, what kind of sadistic individuals are those just like you? You just haven't been offended bad enough yet. And someday, the people who've rejected Jesus had every opportunity to be saved. God has witnessed through nature. He's witnessed through everything is complex. He's witnessed through the Holy Spirit. He's witnessed through the Word of God. He's witnessed through the servants of God. He's witnessed through every manner amazing, even more than what we can verbalize. And they said, no, we don't want God. 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 Romans chapter 1, we don't even want to retain God in our thoughts. Are going to stand before Jesus at the great white throne judgment. And he's going to say, I never knew you. And the angel is going to grab those people and cast them into the lake of fire, the Bible says, which is the second death. Herein is the patience of the saints. How do you interpret it? Justice will be satisfied. And people who love justice will say, it was right. Are you going to point your little skinny finger at God and say he's not doing something right? Are you going to point your finger at God, which people do, by the way, and say there should never be a hell? Are you going to accuse God of injustice, the very maker and creator of all that's good and just? Are you going to somehow, in your little lifespan, with your little amount of knowledge that you've been able to have, and he's given it to you all, are you going to somehow point to him and say, it's just not right, it's not just, and accuse God? I don't think I'd do that. But God be true and every man a liar. It's hard for me to be a lamb. But I want to please God. And I want to be like him. That gives his good things unto people who hate him. Never compromising the truth, never. Truth is truth. But also don't give in to the bitterness, the hatefulness, the viciousness that just breeds the same. And everybody dies together. Let's not do that. Let's pray for those who despitefully use us, speak evil of us, and let our, let our God pick up for us. If it's his will, let, it, let him pick up for us. Or is it his will that we are as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before our shears. We don't know. But whatever God's will is, it'll be the best will for us as God gives us wisdom and grace. You look at it. You look at it like I looked at it. Father, help us. Pray that you'd give us wisdom from above. We need your help. We love the Bible. It's our survival guide 
through this life. We pray, Father, that you'd give us the Holy Spirit's unction, because we sure do need it. To understand these kind of things, this is, this is meat, not milk. We pray, Father, that you'd give us wisdom not to twist it in any way either, uh, but to fulfill those words which you have spoken. Uh, Father, we just pray there being in this room without Christ that they may never have to face the punishment for their own sin in a place called the lake of fire or hell. Oh, they'd never go there. We've spent all our energies and monies here at the gospel to try to get people into heaven so that they could know Christ and have their sins forgiven. We forgive everybody because we've been forgiven. How much have I been forgiven? Everything. I forgive everybody around me. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for placing us in the Lamb's Book of Life. We pray that we spend our lives telling people, this is the way, walk in it. Bless now, in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.